Ain't nobody gonna hand you nothing. Ain't nobody gonna hand you no championship. Ain't nobody gonna hand you no title. So this is my year. I end. This is my year. Listen to me. Say, be phenomenal. This is it. I want you to chant it out. This is it. Be phenomenal or be forgotten. One, two, three. Be phenomenal. Be forgotten. Welcome to the Southern Blitz College Football Podcast. Buckle up as we preview the biggest college football games across the South, along with your top five matchups of the week. Here are your hosts, Jordan Wallace and Drew Waddell. Welcome back to our most recent episode of the Southern Blitz Podcast. We, uh, we've got a few things to get into. We're going to get to our recap, stock up, stock down, followed by our new Ask the Librarian segment. Uh, then we actually have a special guest for you guys on our interview with Connor O'Gara. He's the uh, senior national columnist for Saturday Down South and the host of the Saturday Down South podcast. Uh, we'll then wrap things up with a preview for the upcoming week and hit our big three bets for the week. Uh, Drew, I know... I know you're probably still crying over there. Put down the, t- the Kleenex and, and try to try to talk to the folks. Man, I, I tell you, I, I feel like I need a good, uh, good solid uh, therapy session. Uh, I'm picking myself <laughs> up off the, the floor. Been in the fetal position since Saturday night. So, uh, it's okay. Hey, the sad part was I had to watch this game with my in-laws, and they, I think they think I'm crazy now, Jordan. I think they think I am absolutely a nutcase at this point, you my know- friend. You know what, Drew? That is on them for not knowing that already. So mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let me let me lead you into this. So for the game, Arkansas A&M, we, we get to see all of A&M's opponents before that. App State, they go and they lose to FCS James Madison. Then you have Miami get absolutely blasted by Middle Tennessee State. They were down three touchdowns for almost the entire game. Uh, you've got the home crowd of Miami booing Tyler Van Dyke. And then the Hogs come out and just right out the gate, 14 nothing on A&M. E- everything's going right. What could go wrong, Drew? Yeah, well, what went wrong was we tried to be Superman from the five-yard line, Jordan. That's, <laughs> that's KJ, uh, I, I don't know if he got inspired by the – Goodyear blimp or something like that, or I, I, I don't know what, but he, uh, he, he, he jumped, and when he jumped, there was a collective sigh from every Razorback fan, <laughs> maybe every college football fan in America, uh, you know, and I'll just say this real quick, because I, I love KJ, he's a gamer, uh, but he, he just, he knew that he could make that play, he was going to make that play, Jordan, the sad part is, if you look at the replay, he had three receivers at the bottom of the screen, two defensive backs. They were panicking, waving people over. All he had to do was probably toss one up over there, and one of our guys catches it, hits a touchdown. We go up 21-7. I thought by the halftime, by halftime we'd be up 24-7, but yep. we know what happens next. The fumble happens. And Jordan, going to the fumble, which I know we've probably never seen a play like that. I mean, you just your jaw drops when you see it. But mm-hmm. it wasn't just the fumble that hurt. It was the fact that it went for six. If if Rocket gets him down to the ground, Jordan, I, I really don't think they score a touchdown there. I think I still think we're going to be okay. But he goes for six. The whole game changes. 
from there, KJ was in his head. You could see it. We're down on ourselves. We didn't get the mojo back until the fourth quarter. Um, and, you know, I know you want to kind of ask some back and forth here, but to all the Hog fans, this this is not Cam Little's fault. Um, you know, I hate the kid was even in this situation one bit. You know, you you really do put the game on one play. And it, it was yep. a fumble. You swung the momentum. You can't say anything else about it. It changed the entire game. Well, well, you say that, Drew, but here I am. I'm going to say some other stuff about it. I do not – one, I don't ever like reaching the ball out over the pile because stuff like that happens. I don't like that. The only time that's acceptable is on fourth, fourth and goal, something like that. Um, you know, fourth and goal, you have nothing else to lose. You, you can stretch the ball. That's fine. On first and goal, no, you don't do it in any situation in my mind. But to do it from the, he jumped from the five yard line. What, what is he trying to break the plane of the three yard line? I, I, <laughs> I cannot understand what the thought process was there. Yeah, it, it was tough. And he's done it before. I mean, go back to Ole Miss game last year. He did it. It was beautiful. He was Superman. And I just think he lost that sight of where he was on the field. You know, honestly, a very rare mistake by him, but he tried to do too much. Um, it was a tough moment. And, hey, you know, I read something today. So, we, you know, we played this dadgum game in Dallas. Well, NFL goalposts are five feet taller, Jordan. So what if those goalposts are 30 feet? What happens to that kick? What, what happens to that? Does it go right over the goalpost and it's good? Do the refs get it right? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's a toss-up. You know, it's a toss-up, man, and it's it's wild. But again, who who would have thought that would have been an issue? I, Drew, yeah. I asked my wife. I have watched a ridiculous amount of football in my days. I have never seen a football hit the top of the upright. I've seen it hit the upright. I've seen it hit the crossbar. No big deal. The top of the upright, that's, that's a first. And for it to bounce like it did, just bizarre. I agree. And, I, and but, real quick, because I know we need to get to the other – heartbreak that we'll get to with you but last thing I'll say about it is this for all the hog fans saying that our defense is a major problem go back and look at the stat sheet they gave up 16 points 343 yards they did plenty to win the game we did not lose because of defense here we lost because we made too many mistakes we were the better team on the field but alas the final score tells the whole story we lost the game extremely painful but Jordan I don't want to hog the misery because I probably wasn't the only one weeping uh, very sad tears because you guys had quite the uh, quite the, the upset there on Saturday night as well, my friend. You know, at some point, it's not even an upset anymore. We, we have a K-State problem is what we have in Norman. Um, no, it, it's, you know, they've won three out of the last four against OU. So at some point, you have to kind of expect it. I mean, it's our, it is our head coach right now, Brent Venables. It is his alma mater. Uh, man, he just – Gave one to the old team, I guess. But, you know, it, it, it wasn't a wacky game. There weren't – there were zero turnovers by either team. Um, it just flat out, K-State came out, hit OU in the mouth, and then continued to do so. I think, I think the one thing that OU was caught off guard by was Adrian Martinez actually playing like a real quarterback and making all the throws that he has not made in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, OU made some odd choices personnel-wise in the game. It just – did not rotate nearly as much as they have in the past. You know, this. I, I saw a stat. I think the starting DNs, Reggie Grimes and Ethan Downs, had 116 snaps between them and combined for one tackle, 
and one quarterback hurry. That's mm-hmm. uh that's a whole lot of nothing from your from your edge guys. So that's that is that's not winning football. Oh, you ran the ball well. Dylan Gabriel he's a good quarterback. He's not great. But he he can get it done when the defense plays like it did in the first three weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. They did not. They gave up 41 points to a very average offense in K-State. And yeah. that, gets you, that gets you beat. That's, that's college football these days. People are going to talk about, well, K-State lost the week before to Tulane, yada, yada, yada. Again, that's college football. It, weird things happen, and that's, that's, what, that, that's what we love about it, though. Right, Drew? That's why they play the game, Jordan. That is why they play. The game is not played on paper, my friend. Yep. It's played on the field. Well, regardless, we'll we'll move on. You know, we'll shed those tears and, and move past it. Uh, look at our big five games from last week, starting with, I guess, you know, obviously A&M Arkansas. We both got that wrong, but so did our Aggie guest. Uh, t- <laughs> yes, you know, yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to glaze over the fact that Kansas knocked off 3-0 and Duke, and so the Jayhawks are 4-0 and and looking like a legitimate football team for the first time in a long time. Yeah, they, they look – what a great story, Jordan. And this – and again, going back to why do we love college football, this is one of the reasons why we love it. You know, a guy that comes from the lower levels, takes uh, – coaching, takes this job, success story. Um, they've got a great thing going right now. They should be proud. Uh, Kansas Jayhawks, enjoy every second of it because they've earned it. They've been in the cellar, and uh, this is just a big a big moment for them. So let them enjoy it. Yep. And we, we both picked Kansas there, so both correct on that one. We both picked Tennessee over Florida. You finally got over your love obsession with, with the Gators. He played and really uh, – we'll get to that. But it, uh, He did play well. He did play they, well. I was watching the Arkansas game, but Anthony Richardson just darn near led – an amazing comeback and he had over 400 yards passing he shoved it in the face of the haters on saturday jordan he, oh, yeah. he really played well really played well he did he finally got a passing touchdown on the season so good for him <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> uh baylor baylor and iowa state was you know it was a good game but honestly baylor dominated a lot of that um which was obviously a great call by me picking Baylor to win that, but I think somebody else picked Iowa State, if I remember right. This game surprised me, Jordan. I, I really expected it to be a much more tougher game. Uh, I thought the environment would play a factor, but Baylor just it looked ready to play. Shapen looked ready to play. The funny thing about Shapen is I feel like he can be even better than he was Saturday, but, man, Baylor, it just felt like they controlled the whole game, didn't it? It really did. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. Well, and then we, we wrap up with one you got over me with Clemson Wake Forest. I was Great this game. close, Drew. I was this close to being right on that. I thought Wake was going to pull it out, and obviously they lost that game in double overtime. It is what yep. it is. But yep. Great game, though. Uh, good good for the ACC to have a very competitive game like that. Hey, Jordan, I just got to check. What, what are our – what's our overall record, buddy? Where, where are we at at this ah. point, my friend? So, after four weeks – we are dead even, my friend. We are we are both twelve and eight on our picks. Keep in mind, people, these are not gimmies. These are you know the top games of the week. So I'm I'm happy with a twelve and eight record. I, you know, I, I, I take that back. I'd be happy with a twelve and eight record if you were eleven and nine. But <laughs> well, you know, I don't know what that says about us. Uh, you know, I, I'll take a twelve and eight record. Uh, that's 
that's pretty good when you're picking tough games. So I, yeah. I will, uh, I'll take it. I will take it. I will take uh, it. And, and you've done a good job picking your five games. You know, much better job than you've done with your with your upset picks, obviously. <laughs> I believe you had Chattanooga taking out Illinois. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. a bit, just a bit outside as uh, as the Illini took that one thirty-one nothing. I had yeah. Oregon. I had Oregon State over USC, Drew, and I was this close to going three straight on my upset picks. They uh, they had a fourteen ten lead late in that game and then USC scored with about a minute left to to win it 17-14 but you know yeah they gave him a game I thought Oregon State had that one and I, I'll tell you I, I'm disappointed in the mocks and uh if you're a mock fan <laughs> you're listening this week never again never again Brett Bielema Brett Bielema got me again that son of a gun he got me he got me again so never uh, again I'm not doing I, that again. No worries, Drew. I, I, one, I don't think there's any Chattanooga fans on our pod. But two, I don't think there's any Chattanooga fans in general. So, you know, <laughs> the parents of the Probably players, true. maybe. The parents yeah. of the players. So There you go. There you well, go. We got into a little bit of it, but we'll kind of recap the rest of the Big 12 and the SEC. Um, I, I do want to say something else against about, about Kansas. Just the Big 12 is extremely tough this year. You know, with, with OU and Texas losing – and Kansas beating Duke, I mean, there's there's no clear-cut winner of the Big 12 this year, and it is a wide-open race, and there is no freebies. I mean, Kansas was supposed to be the doormat, and they're 4-0. Texas yeah. Tech looks solid. It, West Virginia blew – I mean, that was the Thursday night game, and they blew out Virginia Tech to win the Black Diamond Trophy. There's just – there's no yeah. freebies. Jordan, why in the world are the Kansas Jayhawks still not ranked? And, you know, and I don't want to spend too much time on that, but I put them in, guys. Put them you, in. What do you? You answered. For? You answered that when you said their name. That's it's, right. You know, they're the Kansas Jayhawks. Brand, brand for the same reason why Oklahoma only fell oh. places that they did, and Arkansas falls all the way to twenty. Maybe we shouldn't get into that. I don't know. But you know, hey, maybe maybe we're maybe we're taking too 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 low blows there. I, I don't know. Brand football. Brand football. It's okay. When the okay. same teams end up at the top every year, there's a reason there's a brand football. So <laughs> moving on before you and I go, you know, have to throw some hands on this. Hey, um, people, people may like that. They may like that. I don't know. Maybe we should give the people what they want, but it's okay. Right? Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. So, so and again, the, the two teams I talked about losing, OU and Texas, those are the two I've got for stock down this week in the Big 12. Um, you know, uh, this is an OU team that I expect expected to go 10 and two, nine and three. Um, you know, I'd like to be a homer, but that's what I expected with a big transition year. You had a ton of guys transfer out. You lost your quarterback, head coach, all that stuff. So them losing this game, not a big shock to me. And, you know, they're going to stay right on pace, but they, they don't have the elite talent to play in the playoff this year. So honestly, I'd rather not be in there and get waxed by Georgia. Mm -hmm. Um, regardless, I had them stock up after what they did in Nebraska. I got them stocked down this week. Texas, this is, you know, you and I talked about this with Texas. They have the talent. They go play a great game against Alabama. They should have won the game. They didn't. And then they come back the next week. They struggle for most of the game against UTSA. And then this week they go and they lose in Lubbock to Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's yeah. those are my two stock downs for the Big 12. Um, yep ups one obviously kansas state huge win for them uh, can't say enough about the job that chris Kleiman's doing there uh baylor you know not a huge stock up because i'm already pretty high on baylor stock but that was a very convincing win over iowa state 
And then finally finishing off with Texas Tech. You know, I was not high on Tech. I'll, I'll be honest. I had a lot of questions about their quarterback, Donovan Smith, but he he answered them. I mean, he yeah. he played phenomenal, and, and Tech's looking like a dangerous team right now. Yeah, the, I can't believe you give stock up to, you know, a team that rushes the field and beats up the opposing, <laughs> the opposing team. But, I, you know, okay, well, if you like the bad boy, Jordan, you uh, that's okay. All right. All right. Everybody likes the bad boy every once in a while. <laughs> well, I tell you, so moving to the SEC, uh, you know, hurts my heart to say it, but hogs are down, stock down for the first time this season with me. Um, again, just better team on the field. Uh, did not show it. On Saturday, made too too many mistakes. You know, you'd like to think they've made that next step, but, you know, you haven't made the next step when you make those mistakes and you lose a game you should win. I'm sorry, A&M fans, if you're listening to this, you were not the better team on the field on Saturday. You Ooh. were just the one that made – they made less mistakes. I'm sorry. And Jimbo, you know, acted like they were world beaters after the game. I'm sorry. But we should have won that game 34-14. to 14. So, stock down on Arkansas – Missouri, good Jordan. My, can we have a moment of silence from for Missouri right now? I mean, do we need to just like, I mean, do I feel like we need to fly to Columbia and, oh. and do some do some therapy sessions with their poor fans? I mean, this this was this was atrocious, Drew, Jordan. I I only had two stock downs for the SEC this week because I, I overlooked Ole Miss struggling with Tulsa and Kentucky yeah. struggling with Northern Illinois. Those teams were looking ahead. My only two stock downs came from the same game. I mean, yeah, Auburn <laughs> and Missouri game to decide who could be worse at the game of football mm-hmm. uh, and and i've got a quick breakdown for you on this one drew because i i went through this game pretty well um, the second half was six straight punts from both teams so we're talking 12 punts in a row most of which were three and outs followed by auburn going down and having a turnover on downs missouri would then actually drive down get in position to win the game. They had first and goal from the three with about 40 seconds left. And Auburn probably was going to let them score so that they had a chance to go down and win. Instead, Missouri takes a knee and just runs the clock down, calls timeout to line up for what is a chip shot, 25-yard field goal <laughs> from dead straight on. Shank it. Yeah. It but they have, an offensive li- they have an offensive lineman uh, as their kicker. Though. I mean, that's what, that's what they get. That's, that's what fair. they get. So then we go to overtime. You know, Missouri's already got strike one with with whiffing on that whole ordeal. Then Auburn gets stopped on offense. They kick a field goal, and he misses. You know, Missouri, oh, man, Missouri looks great. Then it comes out, Missouri was offsides. So Auburn gets another kick at that field goal. He converts the second one to go up three. Missouri then goes to offense. All they need is a touchdown to win. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people saw the result of that of their player running in. And then just the ball slips. He didn't even get hit, Drew. The ball just falls out of his hand as he reaches for the end zone. Auburn recovers, and that's game over. That's strike three on Missouri, and that's all you get. Uh, that that might be the most embarrassing game the SEC's ever played. Yeah, it, it was bad. And I tell you, it's crazy looking at these these QB ratings. Brady Brady Cook's QB rating was forty eight point nine. Robbie Ashford, which I actually thought he did a couple of good things, but. I mean, two horrific performances by quarterbacks. And I tell you what, Jordan, I was thinking about it today. Uh, I think about Brian Harson. like who wants him to keep his job? His family, obviously, they want him to keep his job. But good gosh, I mean, I I think Missouri wants him to keep his job. You know, I think I think Missouri, they were like on the uh, Brian Harson bandwagon. Let's let's keep Uh, let's get let's let this guy keep his job. You know, let's give it back to him. 
I mean, well, yeah. he, he wasn't going to earn it on his own, so Missouri no. had to. I'm telling you, Jordan, we said it last week. Auburn lost this game. We're talking about Harson being fired today. There's no doubt in my mind. And here we are dealing with two absolutely atrocious teams. So, anyway, yeah, I'm with you, man. Stock down to both of them. I had stock down on, on both of them as well. Uh, but just absolutely horrific game. But, you know, getting to up. You may disagree with this one. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. But, Lord, I, I've been – I guess Florida's my second team. But I actually put Florida oh, up in a loss. Um, man, Richardson played so well. Um, they, it was just a great game, Jordan. I mean, just a, just a back-and-forth battle. Great game. They're getting better every week. They've got Missouri and Eastern Washington up next. They're going to beat these two teams pretty well. Uh, they're going to keep getting better. Tennessee way up. I mean, how good? How good is Hendon Hooker? I mean, seriously, honestly, put him on the short list for the Heisman right now. He he is that good, man. I mean, he is yeah. literally that good. They He's, are four and zero for the first time since two thousand sixteen. Got to put him up. Yeah, I and I agree. That was I have I have two stock ups right now. I did not choose the losing Florida Gators, uh, but I did choose Tennessee. I mean, they again. We talked about it last week. They had lost 16 of the last 17 to Florida. They, mm-hmm. they had to get over the hump. They had to get the monkey off their back, and they did. And, you know, huge stock up for them. The other one you're not going to like as much, Drew, because I've got stock up on Texas A&M. And I, you know what? I, you know, I'm not, not to cut you off, but I also ha- I have them as a stock up as well. So okay. go ahead. And, again, I, I, you know, I watched all of that game. I know they did not look pretty doing it. They Trust me, they looked, they looked ugly against Miami. They – but they've won. They won both of those games. I know we know Miami's not what we had originally thought, but whether you went ugly, pretty, whatever, the wins count the same at the end of the day. And, you know, whether it's special teams, defense, certainly isn't their offense, but special teams or defense, I mean, the Aggies keep finding a way to win. And, and you know, they've got a very winnable game this week in Starkville that we'll get to. Um, but it is what it is. They're 3-1. and one. I, don't, I don't think they can hope for – a whole lot more after losing App State, so. Yeah, you know, big loss with Anaya Smith, uh, you know, with, with breaking, basically breaking his leg. That was really a nasty play, but he, you know, that's a big loss. We'll see how they recover from that, but it, it pains me to give them stock up, but how can you not? I mean, they come back nope. from, I mean, they had been buried for dead three weeks ago, and, and here they are. They're three and one, so hey, let's let's give credit where credit is due. We try to be an unbiased podcast as much as we can. So dad gummit, we're going to eat our crow and, uh, yep. I'm going to eat my crow and, uh, we'll do it. <laughs> well, let's, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up with, uh, I, I decided to stick with all big 12 sec games for my big three bets this week. Mm-hmm. And finally got, got back on the winning track with, with TCU, obviously handling SMU, uh, the other one was that we lost was Texas against Texas Tech, and the Longhorns let us down there. Um, but how about South Carolina? Easily cover, win by 36 over Charlotte. Maybe a, a scotch of a – I know it's Charlotte, but a scotch of a stock up for South Carolina just for finally getting back on the right track. You're being nice. You're being nice. We'll let you go <laughs> with it. We'll let you go with it. Uh, well, fair enough. Well, I guess that'll bring us to our next segment. And again, this has uh, been a new segment that we started last week, just to, so everybody knows the premise if they didn't listen. My aunt is a librarian. She pointed out a very, you know, what I thought was fairly common sense offensive for her Aggies. 
that Jimbo Fisher, for whatever reason, wasn't getting. Um, and it spawned this new segment where we invite our listeners and guests to submit questions or, or basic points that they'd like to make about general football, their team specifically, whatever's on your mind, submit it to us, however, text, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and we'll, we'll get to it on the pod if that's the one we choose this week. So let's, let's uh, get into it. It's time to ask the librarian. Okay, Jordan. So for the Ask the Librarian segment this week, the question is, when one of your friends' teams has a brutal, bone-crushing, soul-crushing loss, <laughs> how should you respond? Should you, A, sit back, let your friend have some time, let them you know, mourn in silence, don't call them or text them, or should you pick up your phone, text them at the very end of the game, maybe even the fourth quarter, maybe a little joke poking at them, or maybe something even more severe to provoke them to see if you can get a response from them. You know, this uh, may or may not have happened on uh, Saturday night to, <laughs> to multiple people who lost games. But uh, for, for all of our listeners and fans out there, the right thing, the right answer is, A, you should let your friend have maybe 24 hours to get over a loss. I personally choose to go what we call dark and uh, not reply to these texts, which I was very good about on Saturday night for the most part. But Kudos. I will never when, – when your team loses, if you're listening to this, and if you're Missouri or Auburn or A&M, <laughs> who I cannot stand, I will not text you. I didn't – look, I have family that are Missouri fans. I didn't text one of them on Saturday and say, wow, you guys are a dumpster fire, my friend. Uh, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't do that. So, be, be better, people. Be better. I, Jordan, Jordan, Matt, be this, better. One, this one must hit home for you, Drew. I, but I, I completely understand. And I also I, – a tip of the cap for you just going dark and ignoring it and being the bigger man. Man, I, I come back – if you're willing – because, again, I've, people have learned. My friends and family have learned. You don't do it. I, I just I don't respond well, and you're not going to get anything back from me but straight venom for the most part. So, you know, do so at your own peril is what I what I'd say because I don't I don't come back nice whenever that happens. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, different different responses, but just just be warned, be warned, and people, let's be better. Well, hey there, Blitz listeners. Welcome back to the Southern Blitz podcast. Today, we are extremely thankful and grateful to have Connor O'Gara on the podcast. He provides us a little bit more expertise than what you guys are used to listening to every single uh, week. Connor is a senior national columnist for the Saturday Night Down South uh, website and then also does a podcast, uh, the Saturday Down South podcast. So he's got a little bit more knowledge than just me and Jordan who are amateurs at this thing but and also before I jump into Jordan is currently in the hospital uh about to potentially have twins so he will not be joining us but uh Connor thanks for coming on man give us a little bit of background about yourself um how did you wind up uh where you are now because obviously I think reading about you you grew up maybe in Big Ten country is that right Yes, it is right. And, and appreciate you having me. You know, I, I kind of, I don't want to say that I, I necessarily fell into this job because that would probably be a disservice to the the 1 a.m., you know, newspaper shifts that I worked back in central Nebraska when I was grinding away 
you know, for the first two and a half years post-college. But yeah, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I ended up going to college at, in Indiana, pursued journalism, thought I was going to be writing about college basketball for a living. And then my first job out of college, you know, did the whole newspaper thing in college and internships and stuff like that. And then my first job being in central Nebraska, uh, I kind of fell in love with college football and I was able to cover, cover the final two years of the Bo Pelini era in, in Lincoln. And then, you know, just saw, saw a potential opening to actually run our big 10 site, which is SaturdayTradition.com, which has been in existence uh, since 2015. And my, my company started on South which is run by Saturday football. They brought me to Orlando to run our big 10 site. And so for two years I did strictly that. And then in 2017, they shifted my role over to be about 75, 80% Saturday down South sec stuff. And then probably still about 20, 25% big 10 stuff. And because it just means more, I've shifted a little bit more to the SEC <laughs> side. I'll be honest. But we've been able to grow Saturday tradition as well and get a lot more help on that side. So that's why we've been able to do it. But yeah, I just got to talk college football um, 365 days a year and enjoy every day of it. Yeah, not not a bad gig. And as we were talking offline earlier, I mean, we're we're all everyone listening to this podcast is extremely jealous of you and uh, wishes we were in your shoes getting to follow this stuff. Hey, tell us, since you're covering SEC and Big Ten both, I mean, two obviously power conferences, What what is the biggest difference between those two conferences? I mean, real short, obviously we're going to talk SEC here because that's what our listeners are all about. But what makes the SEC uh, so special and so different over a conference like the Big Ten? You know, I actually get asked that a decent amount, and I always come back to two things. One is that in – the dead of spring dog days of summer i can go on arkansas radio after a two-win season and all they want to talk about is ball for 15 minutes and they want to talk about the arkansas tailback spot they want to talk about this guy that they got out of the transfer portal and hey what does bowl eligibility look like this year and oh can chad morris take a step in year two and these are the things that if it's in big 10 country that that's not a thing you don't talk about this mm -hmm. stuff year round in the same sort of way. In the SEC, you can have South Carolina coming off of a two win season, fill up an 80,000 seat stadium like nothing ever happened a year later. And there is not the ebbs and flows in the same way in terms of fan support. Now, it's a little bit different. You get later in the year and all that, but every SEC team truly feels like it has a chance to compete and they have the fan bases to show for it. And, you know, even just being up in Lexington, I experienced a uh, home Kentucky football game for the first time last year when they played against LSU. Mm -hmm. And being at a place like that, I'm like, this is a really, really good atmosphere for what many would consider to be the 13th best atmosphere probably in the SEC. I don't mean mm -hmm. that as any disrespect because it was great. But that's just how different it is in the SEC. And everybody kind of laughs. It, it just means more. But, man, I, I've seen it. I, I've, I've always prided myself on being a guy who calls it like I see it. And it truly does just mean more. Yeah, it, it's so funny you say that. You know, last week we were laughing on our podcast about, and I know you've seen it, but the, uh, the crowd at the UCLA game last Saturday right. and just how, how dismal it was. And, you know, it's just hard to even understand that. The Big Ten will understand that soon obviously because they're getting that prize possession in their conference but I mean it's uh it's just hard to understand you know the lack of fan support when you see it on a daily basis uh in the SEC so so Connor talking about the state of the SEC today 
as it stands, we know who the big boys are. We know who the heavy hitters are, obviously. Um, you know, if you had a crystal ball, it would make your job easier. But going into October, how things get wild and when things really move and shake, we know Georgia and Alabama are poised right now. But who do you see in that middle-tier pack of teams that could challenge uh, the big shots? Who, who do you see that is well-positioned uh, to make this happen and why? The team that I hyped up a lot coming into this year was Tennessee. And I, I, I went on fine bomb at SEC media days in July. And I said, I think this is the year that Tennessee beats Georgia. And look, I, I think that to beat a team like Georgia and to beat a Kirby smart defense, you got to be able to stretch the field. You have to be willing to take some chances downfield. You have to have an offensive line that can hold up against the protection or against the, the pressure that they're going to try and bring. And you have to have quarterbacks that can hit on those deep chances, receivers that can make those big time plays. Tennessee has that. And look, I don't know from a defensive standpoint, just how good they are. Cause I think they still have a lot to show, but I think in a game in which Georgia, even though they're going to be at home in Athens, I think Tennessee can put up points against virtually anybody. And so I love that offensive firepower. I think Hendon Hooker is the number two quarterback in the SEC. I think their receivers with Cedric Tillman, who somehow wasn't a preseason first-team All-SEC guy, uh, which was just a, a, an egregious mistake by those who didn't put him there. And then it's the emergence of Jalen Hyatt. It's the emergence of Bruce McCoy, these guys who you're just like, man, Tennessee has three legitimate go-to receivers, and they can frustrate a lot of teams. Now, I don't think they're going to beat the – you know, I don't think they're going to win the East. I don't think they're going to end their season in Atlanta, but can they end their season sitting there at nine and three? Absolutely. And I, I would probably give them a little bit of love for that number three team. And again, we're recording this before the Florida games. So that's, that's context that needs to be mm-hmm. worth mentioning. Of course, the Arkansas, you know, Arkansas is in that conversation as well. Um, not knowing the way that that, that the A&M game, you know, shook out, but I do think that that Arkansas and Kentucky are a part of that conversation as well. And you know what? Old Miss is such an unknown at this point. I'm really interested in that Old Miss Kentucky game to start off October and seeing where those two teams are at because we feel like we we know the Old Miss identity from a, from a running standpoint. Quinshawn Judkins has been a revelation as a true freshman in that backfield. Zach Evans, the transfer from TCU. But what are they really defensively? What do they really have in their passing game? They haven't really been tested yet because the schedule set up that way. So we're going to see everything that Ole Miss has in that game against Kentucky. But there are a lot of things that are really going to shake out in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah, absolutely. And I heard I heard something the other day. Somebody was asking a, a question that I thought was interesting. Uh, they said, is the SEC down this year? <laughs> and, I, you know, Connor, and you can speak to this more, but don't we hear that? every year and we kind of laughed about it on the podcast this past week I feel like we hear that every year and really isn't the SEC just kind of like it is every year I mean you've got your top tier your middle tier and your lower tier what what do you think about that statement I don't really know where you'd point to and say that you know (laughs) I I really understand the, the logic behind that because if your argument is, well, nobody's going to compete with Georgia or Alabama, it's like, yeah, well, nationally, nobody's going to compete with Georgia or Alabama either. They went to the national championship and had blowout wins in the semifinal last year. Like, what, what are we what are we basing that on? I just – I don't really get that. If you're anti-SEC at this point, you know, despite the fact that the SEC has won 12 of the last 16 national championships, it's like, what, what are we really doing here? Because you can poke holes in every other Power 5 conference, and I can and I will if you need me to, to show <laughs> why it has played out the way it has. But, like, that's, that's the thing that I always come back to 
is mm-hmm. well what what is what what would the sec being strong then look like would it be having you know five teams in the top 15 like they currently do would it be having like all of this this strength in the middle of the conference which they currently do is it like do you need Auburn to look better? Do you need Vandy to look better? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess you can poke holes if you want to say that, that, that there are certain teams because maybe Auburn getting just smacked by Penn state is a bad look, I, I guess, but you know, I picked Auburn to finish last in the West. So I don't know what that really says about them when I think Penn state's probably the second best team in, in their division. So I, I don't know. I, people just kind of want to pick and choose and kind of go with whatever narrative they have set forth. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Well, speaking of, of Auburn, that's a pretty good little segue there. Obviously, we've got a little bit of coaching hot seat down there, potentially uh, with a huge game with Auburn-Mizzou coming up. But speak about, you know, it's been really interesting to see hires uh, across the SEC and then the Big 12 and other conferences. But anyway, specifically the SEC, talk about hires and the difference in hiring the big name you know, i.e. Brian Kelly, someone like that, or hiring a guy that just fits the culture, um, such as, um, you know, a Billy Napier or a Sam Pittman or someone like that. What, what's the biggest difference that you see in a hire like that? And uh, what do you think teams are learning uh, by seeing the success and the failures and a little bit of everything? What, what are you seeing there? There's no such thing as a sure thing. I mean, that that's the biggest takeaway that I continue to have. Look at the 2017 cycle after the 2017 season is fascinating. I just did a deep dive looking back on it and it's bad. I mean, it's, it's really, really bad. I am like kind of anti Jimbo Fisher and I put Jimbo Fisher as the number one hire from that cycle because you look back and you see all the different names, you know, Dan Mullen and Scott Frost and Willie Taggart and Chad Morris and Jeremy Pruitt. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, this is really bad. Robert Smith, the Oregon state coach probably needs to get a little bit more love, but I think I had Mario Cristobal at like number two or number three, and he's already in a different job. I mean, that right. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard. We always think that we have these hires figured out and to the contrary, we always laugh in the face of a program like Arkansas when, you know, Sam Pittman wasn't their first choice. He'll, he'll tell you that right to your face. He's told me to, that multiple times. And, you know, he's he was OK with that. And he said, look, I didn't expect to be their first choice. It'd be weird if I was. I didn't have coordinator experience. Shane Beamer, you know, Sam Pittman, these guys that are showing you don't necessarily need to be a coordinator to be a good head coach. You have to be a leader of men. And I think there are a couple of different guys in spots. You know, Scott Frost was one of them. And, and Jimbo Fisher now is dealing with this. And Eli Drinkwitz is dealing with this as well. It's like. Coaches who come in and they're, they're, they pride themselves on their play calling prowess. Well, you kind of realize once you get into to the job, it's, it's really hard to be, a, be an elite play caller and be an elite head coach. And there are very few guys that can actually do that. Even Lane Kiffin, you know, last year when Ole Miss has its best regular season in school history, Jeff Levy was the one calling plays. And now, you know, that that dynamic has changed a little bit with Charlie Weiss Jr., but still, like Lane Kiffin was willing to say, all right, I need to be able to take a step back and deal with more CEO-type things as well. And we respect Lane Kiffin as an offensive mind. So it is so hard to predict the way that these things are going to go. And I think my biggest takeaway from the way that I've seen things play out the last few years is I just need to be more in the middle with these coaching hires <laughs> because I get burned so badly. You know, I famously got burned for talking about Joe Moorhead as my home run hire. And then of course he's gone after two years in Mississippi state. I still love Joe. He's the man, but you know, <laughs> it's so hard to predict these things and more times than not, we're just wrong. And that's okay. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's no there's no way to predict it. And, uh, you know, I think it's good to see a little bit of, of both. You know, I think it's good to see the good the good culture fits uh, some of the up and coming guys. But certainly big names still play a huge factor. So I'm going to throw in a question for Jordan, who's not here. He obviously would ask this if he was here. But your thoughts on Oklahoma and Texas coming in? Yeah, you know, Connor, when do you think that realistically they are coming in and what effect do you think this will have on the SEC as a whole? Good thing, bad thing? Let's hear your thoughts. Yeah, I love it. I mean, when it was announced at SEC Media Days and I'm I'm sitting like 50 feet away from where Brent Storneman of the Houston Chronicle was breaking this story and you just kind of realize this is a seminal moment in college football and this is going to have huge implications on the rest of the sport. And then sure enough, it did with the Big Ten adding the likes of USC and UCLA. I think from a culture standpoint, it's great. And look, I realize SEC fans are going to continue to make fun of Texas. They're going to throw the horns down whenever they get a chance to. That's not going to change anytime soon. But just in terms of having two fan bases that are as proud as they are and having two atmospheres that are among the best in all of college football, it's going to be a great fit. And in the college football playoff era that we are expanding to, right, like we're getting to 12 teams, that's what this was all going to depend on. There was not any sort of urgency for Greg Sankey to add the likes of Texas and Oklahoma to have these massive buyouts potentially paid when it looks like for a little bit here after the national championship, they're going to stay at four. And there wasn't even necessarily a guarantee that they were going to go to 12 in 2026. So if you're going to stay at four teams, why do you have this urgency to add Texas and Oklahoma earlier and all of a sudden cannibalize your chances of, of making the college football playoff with one or two teams in there? That's what everything has been based on. And that's what it's going to continue to be based on. I don't think we're going to see expansion until 2026. But at the same time, I do think there's now a little bit more urgency for the SEC to want to get Oklahoma, to want to get Texas on board if they're going to have that opened up with the media contract that the Big 12 is currently negotiating. So we'll kind of wait and see how that plays out. But I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be great for the conference and it's going to be weird. And everybody takes some getting used to it takes some getting used to for, for everybody with realignment. But I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be an awesome fit. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's exciting for everybody involved. What do you think, obviously with the announcement last week with some of the schedule talk and things like that, What's your best guess year-wise? 23, 24? What do you think? I'll go 24. I'll go 24 just because I think they don't necessarily have their ducks in a row just yet. And canceling that matchup, you know, doesn't really like – canceling a matchup in 2023, I, I get why they want to do it because, okay, you already know they're coming in 2026. So why would you have right. a matchup sitting there in 2031? So I didn't want to read too much into that. And, you know, we saw the schedule come out last – so, like – 2023 that's that's not happening the schedule's already been out there they already made that announcement they could have delayed that if there was an expectation that they were going to come on board they have to redo everything that was going to happen so i'm going to say 2024 i'm going to say that that's the most realistic and if that's the case it does probably prompt greg sankey to have expansion a little bit earlier and i know that they're still working on you know because you got to get all parties involved to be able to rip up that contract which runs mm-hmm. through the 2025 season. That's the only way expansion happens earlier for the college football playoff. But it would kind of prompt Greg Sankey to be like, yeah, hey, we should probably make a move on this because we we stand to benefit. And now that we have this 16-team Super League, which would all be all but, be but guaranteed like three teams in on a yearly basis, I think there's a lot of motivate. There would be more motivation then if you can get that to work. So, yeah, I would guess that 2024 is going to be the year that we're going to see Oklahoma and Texas. And if that happens and we get – you know, Arch Manning, 
maybe running the show for Texas. How exciting would that be to be able to see that with a first-time starter and he comes to the SEC? Yeah, that that will that 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 gets me fired up, no doubt. Well, most of our most of our listeners, I would say a majority of our listeners are huge Razorback fans. Um, those of you who don't follow follow uh, Connor on on social media, you need to because you would really love what he's been spitting out this week about the Hogs. Uh, one of the best tweets of this week before the A&M game has been, uh, and I quote you, Arkansas is America's team, no bitter rivals, most likable coach in the uh, college football, and then an offensive style with modern concepts, but physical in a way your dad will love, haven't won enough to hate them. I mean, hey, listen, we're Arkansas fans, we are loving that. So put, put some uh, – Put some, uh, you know, some some pretext behind your your tweet there. How do you, how are you feeling about the hogs today, uh, Connor? So I I've been I, I said that when was the first time I said that? I think I said it in March, and then saying it in March, I realized I needed to do an entire thing for the Saturday Down South podcast for Fourth of July and why Arkansas was America's team. And I went into all those points and kind of you know and, and laid out those things. But then when I saw when I saw PB's uh, Peter Burns's tweet. And I was like, all right, this is a good chance to be able to, to reply, get a little bit of engagement going there. Because I think the question that he asked was like, who's the most likable team or something like that mm-hmm. in college football right now? And that was just sitting on a tee for me right there. And so I, I've been on this for a while. I've been saying for forever that Sam Pittman is the most likable coach in the sport. I think that to be America's team, you can't be a team like Notre Dame where there are a lot of people in the country who hate Notre Dame and don't want to root for them. I don't think you can be a team like LSU anymore. I think LSU and some of the way that they've had some, you know, with the title nine violations as well. And sort of the fallout with coach. Oh, you don't necessarily feel great about that. No, by the way, they won a national championship in 2019. So they're not in the mm-hmm. same place that they were in like 2017, 2018, but then you kind of look across the board and you're like, all right, well, you could find a lot of other like really solid college football programs, but you know, a lot of people hate Ohio State. A lot of people hate Michigan. A lot of people do not necessarily like the traditional powers, and they don't want to see them have success. So going with a team like Arkansas, who, let's let's be honest here, you know, Arkansas has been a little bit all over the place, regionally speaking. And when you move conferences like they did 30 years ago, that kind of changes your your identity. And for our generation, that's, you know, like I'm I'm 32, right? So I'm talking about Arkansas in the SEC for my entire lifetime. Yes, but you know that that like that that idea of who is your rival that even when A&M and Mizzou come on board, it's still kind of in question. And I, I remember talking to you know a bunch of my my Arkansas people in the media world, kind of before I came out with that take, and I'm like, you know, biggest rival, who who would you consider it? Who would consider you their biggest rival? Because I think that's also important. And even that was like, yeah, that's kind of the thing. You know, we hate Texas, but <laughs> Texas hates other people more than us. And everybody else who who might have a rivalry with Arkansas, they hate somebody else more than them. So combine <laughs> that with the Sam Pittman thing, combine it with the fact that like their offense is just kind of the perfect blend of like old school meets new school with Kendall Bryles and the concepts that he has. And I think it makes a lot of sense that Arkansas is America's team. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's dead on being an Arkansas fan my entire life. We we want to have a permanent rival, but we just haven't had anybody who hates us back enough yet. But maybe we have that coming. We'll see. Texas coming to the SEC. Maybe that'll turn into something something more. But just a couple more questions for you while we got you, Connor. Um, we're looking ahead. Obviously, we certainly are not trying to look beyond the A&M game. It's a huge game. But, you know, let's say things do set up. 
and the Alabama game uh, becomes a gigantic battle between two undefeated SEC teams in the SEC West. It's in Fayetteville. It's a home game. Who knows what could happen? What are your takes? I mean, is there a realistic shot that Alabama could be beat on the road in an SEC game like this? Or what, what do you think there? There's a realistic shot. And if you're an Arkansas fan who is just hoping for, for any, any sort of any sort of hope in this game, because I realize, you know, we're still talking about being an underdog against Alabama. Alabama's preseason number one for a reason. The stat that I've been coming back to for a while with Alabama, and this has played out in, in the start of this season as well, um, with the showing that they had against Texas. Last year in SEC play, Alabama was in a was in a one-score game in the fourth quarter six of eight times. That included the game against Arkansas, a game in which KJ Jefferson looked darn good. And yeah, you have the big play with Traylon Burks where he runs away from the entire Alabama defense and all that stuff. But this is still an Arkansas offense that went into Tuscaloosa and said, hey, this isn't going to be Georgia 2.0. This isn't going to be the same sort of day there where we just were blown out. We didn't have a chance after the first quarter. We don't care that you're Alabama. We're going to stand up to you. We don't care if this is year two, Sam Pittman. And I love what they have on the offensive line and that offensive identity. I am such a big Rocket Sanders fan, and it's because he's the most appropriately nicknamed guy in the SEC. The fact that he's from <laughs> Rockledge, which like kind of my neck of the woods down here. I'm, I live in Central Florida. I live in Orlando, and he lives so he, you know he lived in, in Rockledge, which is 12 miles away from the Kennedy Space Center, where they literally launch rockets. Like that's that's what they do. Um, I love me some Rocket Sanders, and he's so he's been so fun to watch. And Arkansas fans were grateful to have him in the second half of that game against Missouri State. Um, but I think that. This team has a lot of great, great qualities. And, you know, you look at this Alabama team who in its first three games of the year, they didn't have a pass of 40 yards. They led power five in that category last year. The, the, the downfield passing game, we'll, we'll wait and see what it looks like. If they get Tyler Harrell back, the Louisville transfer, that's huge for them. They absolutely need that. He averaged like 29 yards a catch last year. The guy's insane. Mm -hmm. He's so, so fast. So we're talking about this Arkansas pass defense, which has been obviously a huge liability in the first part of the year. That's the biggest thing that Alabama would probably have to take advantage of. But just in terms of an opportunity for Arkansas and the potential optics of game day in the house and what that would mean and you know what that would potentially look like, all those different things, it's huge. And you have to seize these opportunities because they do matter and they can change the way that people think about you nationally. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and you know, and it feels like Arkansas is at a point where potentially that, that, that could be the next step. And so maybe that will be, we'll find out soon, but last question to round it out, Connor, we got to have a little bit of fun here. Uh, here's just a random toss up fun question. So you have to pick two SEC coaches to hang with on a cross country road trip for an entire week bonding time who you taking with you who you taking uh Pittman's Pittman's obvious um that's <laughs> he's he's getting my first choice no matter what I I like a lot of the current SEC coaches I'm not trying to cop out I'm just trying to stall for time here that's what we're doing look <laughs> <laughs> like, save it Saban's getting ornery after after day two that that's not ending well you know I, I'm getting too many eyes if I take a wrong turn, if he takes a wrong <laughs> turn, somebody lets one go in the car, you know, we're three guys. All right. Like it's going to happen. Um, right. you know, he wants the AC at his certain setting. I, I'm not doing that with Saban. Harson <laughs> is the guy that's got to get out and take a leak because he's overhydrated way too much. 
And I can't deal with necessarily all that. He's probably going to have to, you know, stop and make sure that he gets his creatine somewhere or something like that. So I can't do, I can't do a road trip with Carson. Um, Stoops would be good. Stoops would be really solid. I think Stoops, you'd probably get into some sort of back and forth with though, um, where you'd be like, all right, eh, I think he's sick of me. I think he hates my guts right now. His face is turning really red. So that (laughs) probably wouldn't work. Jimbo's a hard no for me. Um, Jimbo, you know, Jimbo's got all the, the, the play sheets on the sideline. You know, he, you, you would, you would go over to him and, and like, he'd be sitting shotgun with you on this road trip and he'd be like, Jimbo, you don't need to pull out a map. You don't need to have an entire <laughs> map that covers the car here. Just pull out your phone, Jimbo. All right. Like you, you got $95 million on that contract. Just pull out your phone. Um, <laughs> so let's see, what do we got it down to? Uh, Clark Lee would be fine. Uh, Josh Hype would be all right. I don't know that he brings a whole lot to the table here. Um, I might go Shane Beamer. I think I'd go, Sh- I'd go Shane Beamer or maybe Billy Napier. I think Billy Napier would be a really chill dude that wouldn't mm-hmm. get too high, wouldn't get too low. You kind of need that. Maybe at a certain point, you would need a little pick-me-up from a guy who is just mostly positive all the time and Shane Beamer, and he's just kind of a ball of energy. Maybe at times I would get a little bit annoying, but I still think I would, I would generally like that, that type of vibe. And I think, you know, I, and I've, I've had Shane Beamer on the podcast a couple of times. And I've, I, you know, I have a really good understanding with him. I feel like I get along with him pretty well. Um, and, and Stoops as well. I, I feel like he's somebody I really like. But, yeah, I'd probably go with – I think I'd go with Beamer for my, my second choice. But that'd be, that'd be a fun trip because, I mean, Beamer, Pittman, they work together as well. So we got a little bit of cohesion. We could just yep. talk crap about Kirby or something like that. Kirby Kirby would want to be doing something productive the entire time. Like Kirby, all right, let's, we, got, we got to chill, man. We, we, we realize we got a long time on the road. You can, you can pull out the iPad and look at plays and look at pressures and all these different things once we get to our destination. But right now, let's just, you know, let's enjoy each other's company. Let's try and make this thing go by as fast as possible without you locking into your own world. Or I don't need you yelling about some recruit or something like that while you're on the phone. But clearly, I've overthought this way too much. Now I've just gone out on a deep rabbit hole. But I'm going to go with Pittman and Beamer, final answer. I like it. I like it. Good stuff. Well, Connor, hey, thank you for coming on and joining us today. Let us know real quick, where can we follow you so our fans know? I know a lot of them may already do that, but just in case, where can we follow you? Give us a little feedback there. Yeah, appreciate that. And you know, thank you for, for all the kind words. We, we do a lot of a lot of great stuff at SaturdayDownSouth.com. Our, our news team absolutely crushes it. If you don't have it bookmarked, I always tell people it's such a great place to just waste an afternoon. I promise you can with all the stuff that we have, all the great coverage, not just within the SEC, but across all college football. And I'm on Twitter at CJ O'Gara. Saturday Down South is on Twitter at Sat Down South. And then all, all sorts of Instagram content we have taking care of our our uh, social media manager, Alex said does a great job with that as well. So, yeah, we have that. We have the Saturday Down South podcast. You should totally subscribe Saturday Down South podcast as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, of course. You listen to the Saturday Down South podcast. But, yeah, we have uh, we have a great team, and it's a, it's a fun time of year to be cranking out a ton of content. Absolutely. Well, Connor, we hope to have you back in the future and uh, enjoy the games this weekend. And uh, thank you again. Awesome. Appreciate it. Anytime, man. Thanks, Connor. Well, again, just a, a big thank you to – I'm sorry I couldn't be on there. My wife just very inconvenient with when uh, when she's trying to go into labor and everything like that. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> big, big thank you to him. And, you know, I think to some degree, Drew, it says a little bit something about how big time we're getting. You know, we're not uh, we're not oh, big yeah. time enough to get Tim Tebow on our pod, but we are big enough to get the guy that got Tim Tebow on his pod. So that's right. Hey, that's good enough. Good enough that's for me. Cl- good enough close for enough. Me. Two, two degrees of separation from Tim Tebow. So. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Well, like thank it. you, thank you again, Connor. We'll uh, we'll we'll move on to our top five games. See if we can break the tie that we are currently in, Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you start us off with a, a big, big SEC matchup with Kentucky and Ole Miss. Who you got? Yeah, going to be a great game. It's a travesty. This game's at eleven o'clock. Shame on you, CBS and everybody else. Uh, well, CBS picked us, so maybe not shame on shame on them, but. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, Will Levis, real quick, was 10 of 10 on third down versus NIU, Northern Illinois, on Saturday, 230 yards. He is sharp as a tack right now. Kentucky goes in to Vaught Hemingway. Mark Stoops, first time ever in Oxford, will be a good one. Kentucky wins. Okay. Well, I've got no disagreements there. I uh, I think Ole Miss is more of an unknown at this point. I, I know it's a home game for them, but I, I'm also sticking with the Wildcats. I'll take Kentucky as well. So, yeah, hey, Jordan, on that game real quick, Zach Evans uh, is hurt right now. So, we don't know if they're going to yeah. have him. Ole Miss is going to have him. We'll see. Uh, so, anyway, big point in De- that game. Definitely a big loss for them. Um, well, I guess we'll move over to another SEC matchup. We've got Bama and Arkansas. Uh, are, are you all roll tied right now, Drew, or is the homer going to come out? You know, I tell you what, I was when I was when I was picking myself up off the bathroom floor, you know, started believing again on Sunday a little bit. You know, I, I can still see it. You know, season the season is still in front of us, Hog fans. I really do feel that way. Um, if you got tickets to the game Saturday, get to the game. It's a red out. It's going to be a big day. These guys are playing their tails off. They will play their tails off on Saturday. Um, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to have enough, honestly, to take them down Saturday. But, hey, when, when you don't know and you're a homer, you got to go with your heart, baby. Hogs. Beat oh Alabama man! In Fayetteville on Saturday, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. Three, maybe a touchdown game, field goal game comes down to the last five minutes of the game. But I don't know how the flip we pull it out, but it's going to happen. Mark it down. I'm a homer. Go Hogs, baby. True. I, I just I lost some <laughs> respect for you. I thought I thought you were going to go with your head, but you stuck. I can't do heart. it. I can't well, do it. I'll be smart enough for both of us, and I'll take the free win. I will take Bama in this game. You know. There are parts of me that think Arkansas could absolutely win this game. The the issue is the biggest weakness of Arkansas is obviously that secondary. And this is not Max Johnson you're facing this week. This is Bryce, the Heisman young, you know, he's going to, he's going to have a field day if you don't improve. So we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm all roll tied in this one though. Um, we'll, we'll go back to the big boy league and, and hit the big 12 with a big <laughs> matchup. Oklahoma state and Baylor drew. This uh, this is a big game. This could be basically the favorite to win the conference this year. Who you got? Yeah, yeah, big time game in Waco should be fun. Um, you know, this was a tough one, Jordan. A tough one to figure out. Shaping versus Spencer Sanders. Really, really good game. I I'm just gonna go with the gut here. I'm taking Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders on the road. Sorry to our our Baylor brethren. I'm picking – I just see the Cowboys winning this one on the road, Jordan. I see it. I got gotcha. you. And I don't I don't fault you for it. It's a good pick. It's just not the right one. Uh, <laughs> you, you spoke of our Baylor brethren. Well, Ben, I've got your back. We uh, – I'm rolling with Sikkim. 
I think the Bears okay. have proven they've, they've proven more than Oklahoma State at this point, and uh, I think Blake Shapin's got it going. This is a home game for Baylor. The crowd's going to be even more into it after the big win at, at Ames last week. I, I got the Bears. I like it. I like to be different. That's good. That's good. You know, and and we'll speaking of different. We'll, we'll we'll have a little diversity on the pod. We'll we'll go ACC for this next game with Clemson mm. and NC State. Mm. Two straight weeks with ACC games. We're we're, we're doing some favors here. Clemson, yep. NC State. Uh, you know, NC State. Hats off to you. I know it's an exciting time. Clemson is playing really good ball right now, Jordan. And DJ, who we're not going to butcher his last name again just, this week. Just say ukulele. It's fine. Uka, DJ Ukulele, our, our good friend, he has been really sharp lately. Uh, he is He's hitting the deep ball. He, uh, he's 16 of 20 for pass yards of 20 yards or more. So he, he's doing really well with that stat. He's playing hard. Uh, he's gotten way better. He's had, he has a lot of doubters still, but – I just think he gets it done, um, you know, and this is that Clemson game days in the house. It's going to be rocking. So yep. Clemson wins. That, and I will, I will second that, you know, NC state's got a great defense. Uh, problem is Clemson's got a better one and Clemson's got more of an offense. I got Clemson all the way. That's, that's an easy one. Um, so we'll wrap up with our fifth game. We've got Texas A&M on the list again, this time against Mississippi state. And I'll, I'll just jump in. I, I don't know how they do it. They keep winning ugly, but I'm going to take them this time. I'm not. I'm not losing another pick on the Aggies. I'm taking A&M to knock off the knock off the Bulldogs in Starkville. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good pick, but it's not the right one, Jordan. Not the right <laughs> one, my friend. I, I tell you what, there is no way you're going to find Drew Waddell picking the Aggies after they uh, put the hurt on us in uh, Dallas. I, you know, and not because I have any disdain, but I just Mississippi State. You know, admittedly, in a little bit of an identity crisis right now, they're going to have to find themselves. But this is too big of a game for them to lose on Saturday. If they lose this game, season season's probably over, honestly. So they need to win this game Saturday. Will Rogers, I'm rolling with him. I believe in him. He's going to get it done. Close, close game. I, I, I'm with you. I think A&M plays well. Mississippi State wins it Saturday. Okay. Well, we'll wrap up with our, our upset picks. I'll be honest. Nothing really called to me this week. Uh, so I'm going to take a flyer that Minnesota's a little bit, you know, on edge after that win over Michigan State. And they play sloppy and Purdue comes in and, and shocks them. So that's my upset pick. What do you what do you have that's wrong this week, Drew? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I tell you, this is – if anybody wants to take a nap right now, right now would be a great time to take a nap. <laughs> as, I, as I mentioned this game, it was a tough one. Reaching deep into the bag here. Got Boston College, baby. Do they, I didn't even know they play football there. Anyway, Boston College over Louisville. Uh, I just I couldn't find much on the slate this week. Louisville has been so inconsistent. Malik Cunningham, blah, blah, blah. Boston College, go get that upset this weekend, guys. All right. Fair enough. Well, speaking of last weekend, who got a little bit too blitzed, Drew, and is going to suffer the dreaded hangover game in this upcoming weekend? Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be A&M, Jordan. I'm telling you. They're, they're, they are fired up after beating the Hogs, which they should be, and Miami. Uh, the Miami – the mighty Miami Hurricanes. Obviously, we know how mighty they were after a couple Saturdays ago. But A&M, you know, I, I picked Mississippi State. So, obviously, a and is going to be our, our hangover game of the week for me. I, I just think they get caught a little bit on Saturday. Also, though, I want to throw one more in, Jordan. 
although your Sooners didn't win on Saturday, they need to be careful this Saturday in Dallas, in Fort Worth. I'm not picking the upset. However, they need to be careful because there could be some – well, let's not call it a loser hangover, but after a loss, (laughs) a tough – a tough – Man. A tough game after a tough loss. You know, just for that, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad the Aggies beat y'all after that comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the so here's one of the ones I considered for the for my hangover game pick. Uh, you know, K State, huge win coming in Norman, beat OU. They're gonna have a hangover, right? Well, here's the problem, Drew. They're playing Texas Tech, who just got a huge home win over Texas. So, yeah. would have been a great hangover game, but they're both suffering from the same thing. So we'll we'll call that the hair of the dog game because they're both they both cancel each other out on the hangovers. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with one of the games we talked about earlier with Wake Forest just coming up short at home. Huge game against Clemson went to overtime. So many emotions. Well, now they got to now they got to get their stuff together because now they've got undefeated Florida State, who not a great team, but I'm going to pick them as a hangover game. I think Wake Forest is going to get beat by Florida State. Mm. I like so, that. I like that pick. Yeah. So we'll, I like we'll, it. we'll move into our final segment as far as next week's previews and look at uh, the Big 12 and SEC games that we have upcoming. You know, we obviously we talked about a lot of them. And then there's some like South Carolina, South Carolina State that we probably don't need to get into. Um, but there are still a few games we haven't talked about, like LSU Auburn. Um, that should be a win for LSU, but who knows? It is it yeah. is at Jordan Hare. So Auburn being the home team does make it interesting. Yeah, no way. No way. <laughs> uh, LSU wins big. I'm telling you, it's just it's a night. This might this might be the week that, that Harson gets let go, but there there is no way. I, I forgot this game was even happening, which is sad. <laughs> but uh yeah, LSU over Auburn. Jordan, I've also just to piggyback off of you, um, another game that will not be a game. And let's let's talk about this real quick. Georgia has been messing around the past couple weeks. Uh, yeah. and that, that that Kent State game was too close for comfort. Not this week. Mizzou talked about a hangover. They are going to be really struggling on Saturday. Georgia uh, wins in a big fashion in that game. Well, you know, and it kind of referencing our Ask the Librarian segment, I uh, from a person that you and I both know, I got a little text when OU struggled early against Kent State. Um, big SEC homer, and yet I heard nothing from him when George is getting pushed to the wire by Kent State. So, you know, I guess it didn't mean more anymore. I don't know. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Shots fired. So, shots fired. Yeah, no, but, I, yep. you know, getting into the Big 12, I, I agree. Oh, you got to be on the lookout because Max Duggan is one. I mean, he's a great runner. But he can throw the ball. I, he's he's a better quarterback than Adrian Martinez. So that OU defense has to get fixed in a hurry. You know, you hope with a with one of the best defensive minds in the game like Brent Venables that that happens. Um, look back at the Brent Venables defenses from. He didn't inherit a great team, and I assure you, he did not inherit a great defense from Oklahoma. If anybody's watched OU play the last few years, uh, but uh, real quick stats, Drew. His first year at Clemson, they had the. 54th total defense in the country next year 44th next year second in the country mm. um starting with that year did not finish worse than 22 
up through up through the year of 2021. I mean, you're talking a top 10 defense every year except for in 2020, which is a COVID year. You, know, you can put a little asterisk on that one, but basically a top 10 defense every year, Drew. That, yeah. But again, Unbelievable. It, take, it, take, it takes time. So give give him a little bit of leeway sooner fans he'll he'll get you there it just it ain't gonna happen overnight after after what we've watched the last couple of years of no you mm-hmm. yep yep i agree and there's a couple other good games in the big 12 iowa state kansas hey you know again Bet you never thought you'd say that no and again i mean i I, th- I think they gave kansas some extra home games or something jordan good grief these guys are playing at home every week <laughs> uh kansas ohio state Man, I just I think Kansas could keep rolling there. Uh, then you got West Virginia, Texas as well. Very dangerous game for Texas. I could see yeah. that one going either way. Woo, buddy! Listen, West Virginia pulls that one off. The wheels will really begin to come off down in Austin. Well, and you got to remember next the following week you got OU Texas. So yeah, is Texas looking ahead to OU? Is OU looking ahead to Texas? I- they better not because West Virginia and TCU can absolutely beat both of those teams. Um, I'm not saying they will, and I don't think either one will, but it'll it'll be interesting on Saturday. Um, and I, I have to go back because you took a shot at Kansas. They played a lot of these games on the road, Drew. They, they beat Houston at Houston. I know that sounds like a weird place for them to go play, but it is Kansas. So they Fair won enough. at Houston, and they won at West Virginia. So those are, those are road wins for a, uh, a mighty Jayhawk program. Now that yeah. being said, I, 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 you know, tip of the cap again to Kansas for what they've done this year. I still think Iowa State wins that game, um, but you know, no, no shame to Kansas. I just think Iowa State's a better team. Yeah, I apologize. I'm not, I'm not real keen on all my Big Twelve stats. <laughs> I, I only, I only get the SEC Network in my house. So sorry, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Well, you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta watch Longhorn Network every once in a while, Drew. <laughs> good, good, good point. Good, good point. All right. Well, we'll we'll get to our big three bets of the week, and I, you know, it, I learned from my mistakes in the past. I am completely sticking with Big Twelve SEC, which this week I went all SEC. Um, I felt I needed to explain my bet strategy in general, though. Always like odd numbers, whether it's three games or five games. Reason being, if you bet four games, and again, one of the rules of betting, you know, you bet the same amount on every game. If you bet four games, well, now you have to go three and one just to to make money on it. It's just a, a much lesser chance. So with three bets, you just got to go two and one, and you're a winner for the week. So that's mm-hmm. that's the thought process on that. But we'll get to it. My big three bets, one, I've got Kentucky plus five and a half against Ole Miss. I was kind of surprised they were even an underdog in this game. I get that it's at Ole Miss, but, yeah, I love the Wildcats with the points. Um, next, I've got LSU. I got them at minus seven against Auburn. Now these, again – these were lines that I got out uh, yesterday. So who knows what the lines have gone to as of midweek, but LSU minus seven against Auburn seems like easy money. Um, and then, and then finally, just the state that Missouri is in, I took Georgia minus 25 and a half. I, I, I think that one gets very, very ugly, very, very quick. I think so, so too. No. Well, Drew, I think, uh, I think we've pretty much run through everything. Anything you wanted to get to before we, before we tell people goodbye. Nope, i tell you what, it's going to be a great weekend of football. Looking at the Big 12, looking at the SEC, great slate of games. Tune in. I will be at the Arkansas-Alabama game. Should be exciting. Um, so, guys, enjoy the games this weekend. We're, we're gifted, I think, five, maybe five uh, top 25 games where uh, teams are facing each other. So, hey, that's a 
It's an exciting weekend. Yeah. Look it up. Well, you know, next week we're going to have a, a CBS Sports Network anchor and Amanda Guerra coming on the show. So looking forward to that as well. And just one final reminder, people, when somebody's team loses, maybe, maybe send them a nice thought, you know, a little little optimism for their life instead of instead of really cutting them down when they're when they're at their lowest. But until next week, enjoy the games and uh, we'll see you back here for the Southern Blitz. See you next week, guys. Thank you for joining the Southern Blitz College Football Podcast. Join us next week for more previews and picks of the week. Good luck to all, well, most of your favorite teams.